Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Are you struggling financially in PT school? Are you a PT student struggling to find scholarships? Not enough scholarships offered at your school. We have started the Gratitude Scholarship for PT students, no matter what year, no matter what school you guys can apply. We are raising $5,000. You can check out our GoFundMe link in the description and you can donate, apply, whatever, check it out. We are so excited to be giving this away in the summer of 2019 for our very first time. If you're enrolled in the summer of 2019, interested in applying for the scholarship, you can submit a video no longer than two minutes answering these two questions. What is your vision of physical therapy in the future? And what are you doing outside of the classroom as a PT student? If you answer these two questions and email us the video and submit it before May 1st, then you will be eligible for the scholarship. So check it out, guys. Definitely worth applying. It doesn't take long. We look forward to hearing all your submissions. Thank you. In this episode with David Bailiff, we talk more about his journey to PT school and his unrelenting persistence that he had after four years of rejection letters. And he got accepted into PT school and he moved to Florida. And after the first day of classes, which is crazy, he got a call to say he was accepted into a brand new PT program. And he was, a, he was a part of the first class. And in this episode, hearing about David's persistence through all of this was insane and how he just changed his environment and just like moved down to Florida to try to get his prereqs and get accepted to PT school the next year. But instead, his first day, there he goes. <laughs> um, and he talks about finding mentorship and finding Greg Todd and how that's kind of changed his mindset. And we talk about an entrepreneurship mindset and that led to him starting the Mobile PT League podcast. And they also have a course and they have a lot of stuff and information for people who want to start Mobile PT. Check out their Facebook group. So check out the Mobile PT League Facebook group. And David talks more about how he opened his own business and he gives some tips if you are interested in opening your own practice and the biggest thing that he emphasized was finding a mentor because that is so important enjoy the episode so welcome to another episode of gratitude everyone for today's episode we have a really special guest and our friend david bailiff so welcome to the podcast Hello, ladies. Hello, Sarah. Gabby, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show today. You know, I've, I've been watching you two from, from afar, you know, on, on the internet waves and whatnot. And I've been, you know, you two, we're like the opposite ends of, of the extreme here. You know, I'm, I'm an OG. I've been practicing a long time. You, you two are still in school and you're accomplishing now what it's taken me, you know, 117 years to do. And I'm so impressed. But I'm going to admit, you know, usually, you know, I have my own podcast as well, and I'm usually the one, you know, asking the questions, and, and I'm a little nervous being here on the hot seat, but thank you very much. I'm going to do my best, but thank you very much for inviting me on your show today. I'm excited. Oh, of course. We're so excited to have you on here. <laughs> we are so excited to hear your story, and we just want to get all of the knowledge. All that knowledge. <laughs> All that knowledge. <laughs> it's all about knowledge. knowledge. It is. So tell everybody a little bit about your story um, on how to how you got into PT school. You know, that's that's oh boy, I gotta I gotta rerun the tape, like the eight track tape way back to get to that point. But you know, it's kind of kind of neat. Actually, you know, a lot of times people get into physical therapy because they were, you know, an athlete or whatever, and they were injured and they went to physical therapy and they thought it was pretty cool. And that's, you know, that was their path. Well, about the only commonality that I have with that is that I was an athlete, grew up playing tennis and, and played in college, um, played tennis my whole life. 
but that I didn't get to therapy because fortunately, because I was injured. In fact, you know, thank God I was never injured, um, which is kind of unusual, but no, when I was uh, in undergrad, one day my, I was, I was a exercise science major at Wake Forest university. And even in like in high school, you know, my, my parents said, Oh, you know, you love, you, you kind of like, you know, exercise and stuff. You should think about getting into sports medicine, but I didn't really know what sports medicine was. And so I was an exercise science major. And at the time that was really gearing people towards working in corporate fitness that back in the eighties before you two were born, that was a, that was a big thing. It was, or it was a, a rising thing it was corporate, corporate wellness. Um, so one summer I actually worked at a local you know, fitness place teaching of all things, teaching uh, low impact aerobics, which was you know, really, that was, that was a sight to see you and me in my spandex shorts and my tank top tied off at the top and my white, you know, three quarter high Reebok shoes. I was something else, man. The only thing missing was Olivia Newton, John, but I, you know, I, I made it look good though, but you know, I realized that I, I, I didn't want to do corporate wellness. That was not what I wanted to do. And so then one day, um, I was on the phone with my parents while I was in school and, and, and they said, you know, when you come home this summer, why don't you go down to, you know, Ed Stewart's physical therapy clinic there in my, my hometown. I actually grew up in, in, in Elon, um, very close to where Gabby is right now in High Point, but grew up in Elon, but it was next door to the town of Burlington. And, and this uh, guy who, you know, I've known him a long time, um, knew his son, his son and I, we both played tennis and you know, they were members of the club where we went. He was the only physical therapist in the entire county. And so um, they said, why don't you go and volunteer at his clinic? So I, I did that. I went, I called him up and said, hey, you know, I'd love to come be free labor for a summer if, if uh, you know, that interests you. And he said, free labor? No, absolutely, boy, you come on in. When can you get here? So I went and, you know, volunteered at his clinic and, you know, was there the first day and, you know, thought it was kind of cool. And I, I left the, the second day and I can, I can still see it clear as day right now. I remember getting in my blue Honda Accord, two-door Honda Accord that was passed down by my mom. And, you know, I was about to pull out of the parking lot and I stopped and I looked to my left and I looked up at the clinic and I said out loud, I said, that is what I want to do right there. Physical therapy. It just, it just, it just struck a chord with me. It was just the, the way that, that these, these therapists would just, you know, bring smiles to people's faces who were, struggling with pain or whatever reason they were there, maybe they had lost some hope, but the way that they interacted with the clients made them laugh, made them smile, you know, brought the playground back into their lives and the way everybody in the clinic just interacted. And it was just, you know, a fun atmosphere. I just said, man, I want to impact people like that. And that's from that moment on, everything that I did was geared towards, what do I need to do to get into PT school? And in my path along the way uh, was not easy. I graduated. I had to take another year of classes to finish some prerequisites because, again, I didn't realize until basically the start of my senior year that I wanted to go into PT school. So there were some things, some couple of classes I didn't, hadn't taken during undergrad, so I had to do that. And quite honestly, I also had to try to bring up a few grades because I realized in undergrad I'd didn't know how to study. Um, so then I, I got the classes and I started applying to schools and, you know, first round of applying, you know, everywhere, um, you know, and you get back seven or eight rejection letters and, you know, my dad asked me, he said, well, you didn't get into school, you know, what, what's your game plan now? And I remember standing there in the living room and looking at my dad and saying, dad, I'm going to PT school. And so then I applied to schools again, again, you know, another seven or eight and, uh, oh, around May, remember getting seven or eight letters in the mail. Hey, you know, <laughs> thank you for sending us, you know, your $15 application fee, but try again. So again, my dad asked me, he said, well, you didn't get it again. What are you going to do? I said, dad, I'm going to physical therapy school. So then I, uh, you know, spent another year. Uh, at this time, I was uh, uh, working as a tech uh, in a hospital. Um, Gabby, you may know it as Moses Cone Hospital there in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, but I was working as a tech there and, you know, applied again. And this time around, actually, I called up one university, and I, I won't name them, but it's 
not the one that you go to, Gabby. It's one, as we say, down east. But called him up and um, said, look, I've never even been to the town that you're in. Said, I would love to come down and, and do an interview with you so that you can make a decision based on the person that you see in front of you, not what you see on paper. So I drive two hours to this school and, you know, I get there and the director of uh, admissions takes me into her office and I can still remember clear as day, first thing out of her mouth. Well, I do not anticipate you getting into our program, but how can I help you? And I just thought, hmm, wow, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, you know, went home, applied to schools again. Again, another round of, you know, seven or eight rejection letters. Once again, my dad asked me, what are you going to do? And I said, dad, I'm going to PT school. And this time it was, you know, summer was hitting. And I thought, you know what? I need to keep working on bringing up grades. I might as well have some fun with it. So I actually applied to uh, South Florida University down in Tampa. And my best friend from, from college was living down there at the time. I said, you know what, Shannon, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to go to SFU, take a couple of classes, bring up my grades, and I might as well have fun doing it and enjoy it, you know, and just change up the environment because being where I am is not working. I need to change up the environment. So anyway, I go down there and I go the first day of class. It was microbiology and one other one. I, f I forget what it was. It was probably like, I don't know, you know, butterfly observation or something. I don't know. But I go the first day of class, come home from class. My dad calls me. He goes, hey, we just got a call from this dude up at Shenandoah University, and they want to offer you a spot in their program. You need to call him right now. So I call up the guy, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is David Bailiff, and, uh, you know, my parents just called me. I understand that, uh, you know, you're interested in having me come to your, your program. And, and, and Shenandoah had been a program that I had applied to and had gotten rejected from. Um, well, actually, I don't even know if I actually got an actual rejection from them. But basically, I was like, you know, eh, number like 275 on the wait list for 35 pro spots, you know. Um, but the fortunate thing for me was that Shenandoah was a brand new program. Um, they had just started their first class. And so they weren't yet accredited. And so because of that, a lot of students were nervous about them becoming accredited. So a lot of people had been accepted to other schools and they decided to, to go that route because the programs were already accredited and they feared, well, what happens if the school doesn't get accredited, you know, and I've wasted time and money and whatnot. Uh, but he said, yeah, you know, we'd like to, to have you join our program. And I said, well, I tell you what, I'm down here in South Florida right now or in Tampa taking classes. I just started, but I can go tomorrow and, and, and drop the class and I'll, I'll be there in two days. And he said, well, uh, it was kind of funny. This professor, he, 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 he looked like, I'm not kidding. He looked like Albert Einstein with dark hair. Look just like him, just like him. same hair. Same, I mean, he didn't have a forehead. He had 10 head, you know, it just looked just like him and uh super smart dude. He's one of those guys that, you know, some people know a little bit about everything. This dude like knows everything about everything, you know? And, um, so I said, yeah, I can, you know, I can drop the classes and I'll be there. And, and he, I remember he said to me, he goes, drop the classes. You mean, abort the class and I was like well I'm not sure what you mean by abort but yeah that's what I'll do and I'll be there and so I you know I, next day I dropped classes boom I was out of there and I was headed to Winchester Virginia for PT school and that was that was how I ended up there and and you know I was it was couldn't have been a better place for me at the time because it one it was a new program and it was a situation where I was very fortunate that my, not only the classmates, but the professors as well, everybody, they, they were bound and determined to make sure that everybody was successful, as opposed to more established programs where, you know, I had heard that things get very competitive. You know, we had heard stories of, you know, there'd be a reading assignment at the library and students going, you know, to the library. And if they were the first ones there, they would actually rip pages out of the out of the book so that others couldn't get the information. You know, it was not that type of environment at all. It was like, you know, the three musketeers, but with 35 of us, you know, one, all for one and one for all. And, and everybody did what they needed to do to make sure that everybody was successful. And also, I mean, Winchester hasn't grown much, but when I was there, it was a town, you know, 25,000 people. There wasn't anything to do there. 
except study. So it was the perfect place for me because there was nothing there to distract me. But that was that was how I started my career. That is an amazing story. And just your, you know, your resilience of saying like, okay, I didn't get in, didn't get in again. And I think that was probably a good thing for you when you thought, all right, maybe I need to change up where I am and, you know, move to another state. But that is so crazy how you got the call and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going now. And that happens to students as well. Like they get the call, someone has dropped their next on the list and they're like, all right, class starts tomorrow. And that's just, that's amazing. But um, I can definitely relate to being in a new program too, because my program is also new and it's like, they're doing, I mean, you're here because your professors want you to be successful and they're not trying to fail you out. Like, I can definitely relate to that. We we both can. And that fear that students have of like, oh, what happens if they're not accredited? Okay, first of all, I'm pretty sure 100% of the programs who maybe weren't initially accredited, they got the accreditation. Like you're, you're usually not in that boat of like, I have this degree, but I don't, it's not accredited, which is, yeah, so crazy. I won't go on that rant, but (laughs) tell us what you have going on in your PT world right now. Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, from all those struggles and everything, and now I ended up working uh, in the outpatient clinic setting for, for 19 years and um, just started getting burnout from that. Not burnout from doing the therapy, but, but all the ancillary stuff, the stuff that you have to do that's not what we went to school to do. So then in 2013, I started my own business, which is a, a mobile practice. You know, I do concierge mobile physical therapy and, and wellness services here in primarily Scottsdale and Paradise Valley uh, towns of the Phoenix, metropolitan Phoenix area. Uh, so I started that coming up on six years. And uh, then honestly, uh, you know, from that and actually like a year ago, basically today, a year ago today, I came upon this hyped up dude wearing tight fit and superhero shirts called Greg Todd. And he had this little program called Smart Success Physical Therapy. And I, you know, I messaged Greg one day and said, hey, you know, I got my own business, but I'm not exactly happy where it is. You know, I mean, doing fine. I'm growing, but I just feel the pressure of, I need to be doing something more. Is your program right for me? And, and he messaged me back and said, yeah, man, give me a chance. And uh, so I, I did and uh, joined up with the smart success physical therapy. And, you know, from that, I just, I was exposed to a whole new world of things that you don't learn in school at all. And you don't even learn in continuing education courses, um, but it was really about becoming an entrepreneur and, and having a, a, a growth mindset, an open mindset, and looking at things as possibilities versus looking at things as barriers or, and certainly, you know, not an environment of people telling you that you can't, you can't do something. So, you know, went th- through the program, it was very successful for me, or at least it helped me a lot. And, and from that, to answer your question, Sarah, you know, going around big, whatever the saying is, you know, around Red Robin's barn to get to the door, but I can never say things right. I don't know if it's like, you know, hit two birds with two stones with one bird or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. But, but with that, it gave me the, the inspiration, if you will, to start a Facebook group. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm a mobile physical therapist and, um, you know, there has to be some others out there, but there's, there's no place for us to have you know, a community. And the thing about being mobile is that, yeah, you know, you're out there by yourself. Whereas in a clinic, what I did miss about the clinic was that camaraderie with other, other therapists. And when you're mobile, you know, you're, you're, I mean, it's great because you're one-on-one with people, but that's the only person you're interacting with. Um, so you almost start a Facebook group and that would be kind of cool if I could, could grow it and, and have it be as big as a couple other guys that are, that are out there who are big. Um, you know, like you know, Aaron LeBauer, he started his cash PT nation. Like, ah, oh, you know, that'd be kind of cool. You know, and, and Greg has this smart success. So I was like, I'm going to start the mobile PT league. I'm going to start that. Well, heck, lo and behold, you know, it's one year later and I got you know, 1300 members. I'm like, holy cow. And it's, so it's just, it's amazing to me. I got, you know, so many, so many members in, in you know, that short of time. And from that spawned a podcast that I have now and I co-host it with uh, my good buddy, Josh Payne, who's up in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, it's the mobile PT podcast. And, and we talk about 
not only just mobile physical therapy stuff, uh, but a lot of times just things uh, that's just related to, to business and the mindset of what you need to have a successful business. And, you know, as we say, is that, you know, businesses are more alike than they are different. So we, we end up attracting, you know, broader audience because, uh, because businesses are a lot alike, you know, to, to, if you're an entrepreneur, the mindset doesn't change whether you are, um, you know, selling the value of, of a physical therapy service or product, or you are trying to sell people, you know, granite countertops or, or kitchen cabinets or whatever. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to, you know, the mindset to be successful is all the same. So, you know, we, we speak to that as well. Um, and I have an online course now for helping, you know, young people who are wanting to start into mobile physical therapy. You know, I have an online course and, I'm going to very soon be having a, a, a weekend seminar course again with, with Josh. I mean, and, and in the meantime, I continue to, to grow my business and busy as all heck, which is great. And I'm never going to complain about that, but I, you know, I stay, stay pretty busy with all those things. And I guess the only other thing that I do right now is on, uh, I have a, a Facebook live show, Thirsty Thursdays, where, you know, we thirst for knowledge and just like what Gabby said, knowledge. And that, that's been fun. I love that. It's, it's a lot of fun for me because actually that's an idea I've had for like literally eight years, but I never knew exactly how to go about doing it and what to do. But the idea of, or, or the, the know-how to do it again is something I learned from just being involved with smart success PT. And, and now, you know, it's something I do on Thursdays and proud to say that I get, you know, quite a following with it. And next, you know, action step that I'm taking actually literally like this weekend as we're recording this is to start getting those things on, on, on the YouTube. But anyway, that's, you know, bottom line is I have now found things that with what I do in my own business, I have found ways to share that on a broader, you know, with a broader audience to help others. Because, you know, one thing that I, that I love and, and you two know me and you know, I, I love, helping people. I love inspiring people, you know, helping people to, you know, take their, whatever they're doing and, and kick it up a notch. So um, it's been exciting. I, I love it. That is amazing. And just kind of seeing your journey on Facebook and Instagram and social media. I mean, you are, you are everywhere and you're always so encouraging and motivating and we have kick it up a notch every Friday, <laughs> every Friday, and kick it up a notch. And it's just great to see that too. And I kind of wanted to know, you know, what, what do you wish someone told you, you know, before starting your podcast and the mobile PT league? I mean, even before you had this idea to start those things. Yeah. A couple of things. Number one is, you know, and, and this is real important, especially for, for, you know, students or people just out of school is it, man, I can't express enough the importance of starting to develop relationships because that's where you're going to find success is having the relationships. And that's one thing that through my career of working for outpatient clinics, you know, always worked for clinics that they had a staff who did marketing and, you know, our job was to be in the clinic grinding away, you know, generating the revenue. And so now starting out, well, I'm not starting out anymore, but now that I have my own business, you know, I mean, I am, I'm successful. I'm, you know, I stay busy, which is great, but a lot of my clientele is through word of mouth. Um, a lot of my referrals is through word of mouth. And even though a lot of physicians in town know me, I don't really get a lot of referrals from them. And I think part of it is because even though they know me, I was not in a situation previously where I had to take the time to really develop, you know, relationships on a deeper level with them. So they know me, but I'm not, you know, in their first awareness, you know, in their Jahari's window of, of, yeah, you got to go see David, you got to go see David. So if you, if you even have an inkling of one day you think that you might become an entrepreneur, now start developing those relationships. So important. Have a growth mindset. Look for opportunities. Know that people are going to poo-poo your ideas. You know, there's never going to be a shortage of people to tell you what you can't do. And it's just, you know, and, and it's very easy to fall into that mindset of, yeah, these people are right. Uh, but if you, if you're passionate about something and you believe in yourself man just follow that because, you know, you can go places by following your, your passion and you have to learn to, to drown out that noise. 
And something I've had to learn when I started my business is recognize that, you know what, you know, a lot of people out there are doing stuff, but you don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing. You do you and you do you at your pace. That's what's important. And everybody's success looks differently. You know, just because, you know, somebody else is, is doing maybe kind of like what you're doing, but, but, you know, they've got all these programs going or maybe their clientele, they've got, you know, they see, you know, 15 more people a week than you do. It doesn't mean that you're not successful. So you have to learn to, to do you and, and recognize your own success and work within, you know, your comfort zone uh, of what you're able to do. And, and when you can, when you can accept those two things that everybody's success looks differently and that you don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing, it helps take a lot of stress off of you, but you know, just you know, follow your, follow your passion, do what's, what's, what's in your heart. I think that's great advice for like anybody and they don't have to be entrepreneurs. Like just go for it. And you know, another thing that I would suggest to anybody starting out or in school that, I, you know, again, if, if you want to, regardless of what type of environment that in, in which you want to practice, you know, if you want to always you know work for a clinic, which is t- totally fine. Or if you think in one day you might want to be an entrepreneur, but regardless of what kind of setting you're in and, and what that looks like, what's so important for your own personal growth, professional growth, personal growth, and you know, hopefully, regardless of what you do, you want to continue to grow. But what's so important is to make sure that you, or I would highly recommend that you find some sort of mentor, you know, someone who has been, who has been and is where you want to be. You know, may, maybe you have no desire to, own your own practice and that's okay but you probably desire to to at least hopefully be pretty doggone good at what you do so you know my my probably that I can think of offhand my last bit of advice would be just you find some mentor to talk to to help you achieve you know where you want to go someone who is someone who has gone through the trenches of you know that you want to go through and has attained what you want to attain just you know have a mentor coach someone like that that you can that you can talk to. Definitely. And we hear that a lot. Like mentorship is key, no matter what you're doing in life, like PT school, getting your own business off the ground, whatever it is, find someone who's done it and go after it. And so my other question was, where did you think you would be today? Like during PT school, where did you envision your future compared to where you're actually at? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I probably when I was in school, honestly, I think I always, always kind of thought that, you know, one day that I would probably have my own practice, but it would probably, you know, brick and mortar, but I'd have my own practice. And I don't know, I just, I always thought that I'd have my own practice and that I would be somebody that, you know, the, the local community looked at as, you know, you got to go to this guy, you know, he's good. I mean, that, that was always just kind of how I, I saw myself, um, to be honest with you, you know, didn't, didn't think beyond that at all. Um, of course, you know, when I went to school, we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have the internet, you know, and, you know, so having, you know, having things like, you know, social media stuff and whatnot, I mean, that was, you know, what didn't even exist. Um, you know, that's the, the beauty of what, you know, people today have is that it, the, you know, social media, the internet, you know, people who are smarter than us that has, have developed these things, you know, they have opened up so many more opportunities for, for therapists these days and, and everybody, but they've opened up so many opportunities for therapists these days to be able to, you know, deliver their message, practice their craft, whatever, in, in so many different ways and reach so many you know, more people. You know, again, for me, starting out, you know, it, it looked like, a brick and mortar helping people, you know, in the community, you know, and I, and I had hoped that I would be, you know, somebody that, you know, again, always thought I'd see myself as somebody that like, man, if you want to get better, you got to go see big wave Dave, cause he's going to get you better. You know, that's what I hoped for. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's so crazy how you mentioned earlier with the growth mindset and how you can change as a person. I mean, in a matter of months, in a matter of years, and um, to be where you are today, I mean, you definitely should be proud of that. And I bet you are just because you're doing so much and impacting so many people through 
all of your platforms and courses. And I wish we can go to your weekend seminar. We can fly to Phoenix or yeah, fly to Arizona. Be, yeah. Well, we're going to have it. Uh, we're going to have the first one is going to be June in San Diego. So not a bad place to be in June and not a bad town. And then in October, we're going to be in Frisco, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. Um, and we you know, just picked a couple of locations where, uh, because again, it's, it, it is a, a course primarily for mobile physical therapists who are currently doing mobile, who want to, you know, up their game a little bit. And so kind of in the true spirit of mobile PT, we are going to the people and going to areas where right now we know that there's kind of, kind of high concentrations or, or higher concentrations of people who are doing mobile to make it easier for them to get to for the course because again that's what we do as mobile physical therapists is we make it easy for people by going to them so we kind of just following along that that theme so but we're looking forward to it it should be awesome should be fantastic i love it <laughs> i love that <laughs> and for those people who maybe haven't really heard too much about like mobile pt or concierge pt like how mm -hmm. would you describe it your week maybe like what your week would look like to somebody who doesn't know what that is yeah well, it, it, you know, it, it can fluctuate. And honestly, it's different for, for everybody. I mean, I know people, I mean, some people do mobile as, as a side hustle to, to earn some, you know, some extra cash, help pay off student loans. I'm sure you two are going to know a little bit about student loans. Um, you know, for me, it's my full-time gig. Um, but I, you know, I know people that they're like, you know, I, I don't want any more than 20 visits a week, you know, and I, particularly this type time of year, we have a lot of uh, what we call snowbirds who come into uh, the Phoenix area. And so this time of year, you know, I, I'm going, I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to range anywhere from 30 to 35, 36 visits a week, which, you know, which is a lot. So I may have, you know, I have some days where, you know, I see seven or eight visits and then other days, you know, I may have only like four visits, but you know, I end up averaging about, you know, six visits a day. And, uh, you know, some are, you know, physical therapy clients. A lot of others are more wellness clients, but that's, that's part of what you want to do really whether you're brick and mortar brick and mortar or mobile you know ideally what you want to do is again to have an impact in people's lives you want to be someone that that person they are investing in you and what that can look like is that they are investing in themselves by turning to you for your expertise and knowledge to help them to stay healthy. And so I have a lot of, a lot of my clients are, are that way. I have, I, have, I have a large number of clients now who I continue to see every single week who I've been seeing for five years now because they are investing in their, in their own health and they, they want to stay healthy. So, um, you know, sometimes just like, you know, there are people who, when they go to the gym to work out, you know, I like to use a personal trainer when I work out, you know, cause that keeps me motivated. Well, that's how people look at me is I'm that person that helps keep them motivated, keeps them going, keeps them healthy. And they know that if they ever do have aches and pains, guess what? I'm the guy that they can, that can help them with that. So that's, that's why they continue to use me. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. And I, I, I like to target active people, golfers, tennis players, Golfers are, are a lot of fun because there's, there's, there's so much there with the body that if they've got restrictions, it can really, you know, affect their golf game. And golfers will do anything to shave, you know, one stroke off their score. So golfers can be a lot of fun to work with. And, of course, I like to attract the tennis players just because I spent my career playing tennis and I kind of know one or two things about tennis. And I can help people, you know, with that. But I end up attracting a lot of a lot of different people um, from, you know, young active people who are injured to, you know, I've got people on my schedule who are in their nineties and some are in assisted living places. Others are at home, but they, you know, they don't want to fall. And so I come in there and work with them to, so that they don't fall. It's a lot of fun. I like it, but yeah, it's nice to have that one-on-one -on -one time with the people. And you know, what I, what I tell people is that, you know, I am bringing to them time. And it's not just one-on-one -on -one time that I have with them for, you know, a full hour versus being distracted in a clinic, but, you know, I have that one-on-one -on -one time with them, but also the time that I'm giving them is that, guess what, if that person is, is, if they're working, they don't have to leave work early three days a week to try to get to an appointment 
or they're not getting home late three days a week because they're going to therapy after work and then getting home late to the family. So I'm giving them that time back. If they are injured, then because I have the time to really investigate, you know, why are they hurting and address that? I don't have to see them as long if they're hurting. They're going to get better a little bit faster because we're going to address the problem. And a lot of problems, again, unless they've had surgery, but a lot of aches and pains, if you just identify the cause, you know, what's driving this pain and you address that versus, you know, in the clinic, you got 10 minutes to be with somebody, then you end up kind of managing symptoms. But if you have the time to actually address the cause, a lot of times, I mean, you can clear that up in, 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 you know, two, three, four visits and you empower them to, actually manage it themselves you teach them how to get through that themselves and so you know those people who are hurt i actually end up seeing them once a week instead of three times a week so guess what that's that's time back right there you know they get they feel better quicker so that's less time that they're hurting and if they are missing out on something and i tell people you know i'll ask people i'll say well now what what love are you missing out on and they often kind of look at me sort of perplexed, like love, like, what, what you talking about, boy? <laughs> so, well, you know, people don't seek help because they're in pain. They seek help because pain is preventing them from what they love to do. So what love are you missing out on? You know, and when I define what I mean, it's kind of funny. They, they all of a sudden, they get real serious. And they're like, all right, let's cut through the BS. Here's why I want you to help me. And again, I help them get back to what they love to do a little bit quicker. So that's less time that they are away from playing golf or, you know, picking up the grandkids or, or, or whatever. And so, you know, the time factor is actually on multiple levels. So that's kind of like what my, my day looks like, you know, and I help people meet their goals. Um, I'm, I'm cash only. Well, I mean, I'll take a check or credit card or I don't know, maybe Bitcoin or something, but cash only. And, and, and I tell them, it's like, you know, I work for you, not your insurance company. So I help you to achieve your goal. And this gives us the freedom to do whatever we need to do to achieve that goal. And so the people who I work with, again, it's, you know, a lot of times if they were to go to a clinic, if a clinic is being ethical, they're not going to be in the clinic very long because, you know, quite frankly, insurance doesn't care if a person can't make it through a full round of golf. You know, that's that person's too high level. We're not going to pay for you to be able to complete three more holes of golf. You're pretty doggone good, you know, but that person, that's what's important to them is to be able to make it to the 19th hole with their friends. And, and those are the type of people who I'm helping is for, for to people to help people achieve what's really important to them. You hit on a lot of key things there, like <laughs> the pain, you know, that's so true. And I think somebody said this at CSM or somewhere, I heard it recently, and then you just reiterated it. And it's just like, in my head now, people really don't go to PT just because of the pain. It's because it's causing them to not be able to do something that they love to do. I think that's important for people to understand, like in order for you to treat them better and to get them to their goals and not your goals. Yep. And I think, you know, for, for those who are just coming out or, you know, maybe you're getting ready to go on clinicals or you're just graduating or, or if you're a new grad, you're starting out. That's some just, I think that's so important to remember is that what, what I, you know, I've been in this game 25 years now and, you know, the error that physical therapists make is that when we speak to the public, we tend to speak to the public as if we're speaking to our colleagues. And you, and you lose people on that, you know, because, you know, I mean, we're all, you know, we're smart and we know what people need and this is what you need because I know, well, yeah, you know, what's important is to recognize that the, the public doesn't think that way. And even though I know what, what this person needs, what that person needs is what they want. So the trick is to be able to get into their head and speak, speak to them on their levels and, and really sell what it is that they want to buy not what you're wanting to sell them and that's that's so important and and that's you know in recognizing that pain or that people don't seek help just because they're in pain but because the pain is preventing them from what they really love to do when you can understand that now you can start to connect with those people and, and, and have more success with them yeah that's that's so true too and i'm i'm on my first clinical right now and 
I'm kind of seeing a different side of it, but it's good to know that and know that, um, you know, my, my CI, like he's, he's wanting to make sure his patients get back to what they love and addressing the pain and not just going around and not addressing the problems. Good point. Good point. And last question that I had, and we can always, you know, if we forget something, we can add it in here, but I know you gave tons of advice for PT students, for aspiring entrepreneurs. What would be like the biggest one or two things that you would tell a current PT student? Hmm, man. I got limited to one or two. You can, yeah, it can be something you already <laughs> said. Yeah. We talked about a lot. Yeah. We talked just about like the biggest two things. Yeah. You know what? You know, I think I can answer it on, I can, I can actually combine a few things into the one answer. The one thing that actually has some sub sub parts to it, but I'm gonna keep it real simple. And this is something I, that honestly that I tell, you know, I do some, some coaching, some mentoring, uh, of of young therapists starting out who are wanting to become entrepreneur and and you know they're nervous and they're afraid and I and I tell them and this is what I would tell any any new grad or any student that in moving forward number one follow, you know follow your passion follow your dream don't let others tell you that you can't do it or that you have to have so many years of experience before you can even think about you know pursuing your dream that's a bunch of you know horse manure don't listen to it and you know honestly what to be successful, it requires confidence and, and, and be consistent with your message. Um, you're going to sell people, again, I don't care if you're just, you know, if you're a therapist in a clinic or if you're striving to be an entrepreneur, you know, regardless, you know, even if, if you're a staff therapist, you still have to sell that person who's right in front of you. You've got to convince them to come back and you do that through confidence. That's what's important is work on your confidence and recognize that that's what people want to see you want to develop your skills and that's great but honestly you know people don't know what that is you know people don't know what skills are people don't know what all those letters after your name mean okay they just they just care if you have a solution to their problem and so just that's what's most important and so let them know that you have that with confidence that's number one number two regardless of what you want to do you know where you want to go in life to be successful as long as you have four elements, you're going to be successful. And that is number one, you got to have belief in yourself. I don't care if you're working for somebody or you're an entrepreneur, but you got to have belief in yourself to be successful. Number two, you know, do what you're passionate about, you know, and as long as you have passion about what you're doing and passion, isn't just, yeah, I like to, you know, I like to help, you know, butterfly catchers. Cause I think it's cool. You know, well, what are you doing about it? Well, I don't, you know, one day I'll do it. No, that's not what you do. Passion is like, you know, you the conviction, you know, and when you talk about it, you're excited about it and you're doing something about it, you know, that's passion. You know, the other thing is, is grit, just have grit with it. You know, don't give up like my story, you know, well, David, you didn't get into PT school for the third time. What are you going to do? <laughs> Dad, I'm going to PT school. That's what I'm going to do. You know, have grit. And the fourth thing is just you know, have a little bit of patience, you know, allow those first three things to, to, to marinate a little bit and stew and you, and you're going to have success. And so as long as you, you know, and also tell people, you know, as far as grit goes, I mean, if you get through PT school, you got some level of grit, right? So, you know, just believe in yourself, have passion, have some grit and have some patience and you're going to be successful. That was perfect. You hit it right on the money. Like that's a lot of people need to hear that. And I know we both need to hear that too. Just, you know, being students currently and going through our semester and classes, like anybody who's listening, really take that and take a minute to really reflect on what David just said. That was yeah. key. You know, if I could add something to that, as far as like, you know, the grit, the confidence. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, just, I'm going to be totally authentic here. You know, when, once I got in, into school, I remember the very first, first test that, that we all had, it was an anatomy quiz. And I remember like, I think the highest grade in there was a 60 that anybody made. Um, except for this one kid in class who has a photographic memory, you know, he, the boy was just, 
he's ridiculous, you know, he's so smart. But the rest of us, you know, 60 and under, we were all like, holy crap. But obviously, they didn't stay that way. We got pretty smart, you know. But at the end of our second year, and we had to do our, you know, we had to do a comprehensive exams before we could go on our clinicals. You know, we had written test and oral exam. And, um, you know, I go into the oral exam and, uh, you know, I come out and then, then they bring me back in the room to tell me and to, you know, to say, okay, yeah, you know, woo, you did great or whatever. You know, I sit down and the director of the program says, well, you know, uh, David, um, we have to, elected to fail you. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm the class clown. Imagine that. I'm the class clown and uh, they're pulling one over on me. Yeah, you guys are funny. And then I look at each one of them's eyes and I'm like, holy crap, they ain't kidding. And so, you know, I, I had to do them over. But, you know, that was something where, again, the grit, I, you know, I walked out of there about, you know, half mad. And, you know, I just walked right out the building. People were like, trying to talk to me and I didn't even look at them and like I could see people on the sides of the hallways starting to get nervous and starting to kind of you know tinkle in their pants a little bit because they're like oh my god these these professors are serious like if, if he failed this and like he's actually one of the better students in class and he failed like I'm getting real scared right now but then you know I went to every single professor and I said what do you need from me what do you need from me and you know honestly the, the common thing that I was told was we just need to see more confidence from you, you know, cause the way that I answered questions, I, I didn't answer like I was sure. And that was what I was told is that you just need to be confident and that's why we failed you. And so, you know, that's why confidence is so important to your clients. If you don't have that confidence, you're not going to sell them. So develop your confidence. Now know that you know the stuff and you know, it's okay to be wrong. You know, don't be afraid of that. I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing. And a lot of students struggle with, I mean, it's, it's something we have to, we have to believe in ourselves. And mm -hmm. in order to do that, you have to, you have to know, like, you know, this information, it may seem like a lot at once and overwhelming and, but you know, more than you think. I, I'm realizing that now mm -hmm. and it's, but confidence you have to have that and I mean you just have to you know be around the right people and really develop those those good habits and positive mindset and that will help you in the long run um, but yeah that's something that that's something that we go through for sure yep I, I love what you said there there uh, Gabby be around the right people you're absolutely right it's all about your tribe you got to find you know group of people who are supportive not just people who are, you know, blowing smoke up your derriere, but people who are supportive. And if they need to give you tough love, they will, but they will also give you some strategies of, of, of maybe other ways to try to get where you're going. Whereas, you know, naysayers just going to tell you that's stupid, you know, but it's about being around, around your tribe, you know, people who are supportive. And, you know, I, I hope what your, your listeners, you know, your awesome listeners, what they, they hear of all this is that again, you know, took me three years to get in school, kept getting rejected. You know, even in school, I was, you know, I failed, uh, you know, and, and was told you need more confidence. And, you know, and from that now I continued to believe in myself and I knew that doing physical therapy, that that's what I was meant to do. And now guess what? I, I have my own business that, you know, I'm, I'm honestly making more money than I ever did working for someone else. You know, I now have a Facebook group with 1,300 members and growing every week. You know, I've got an online course. You know, I got other stuff. And, you know, if I had allowed people in the past to, to say, sorry, you know, you need to think about something else, I wouldn't have all of this. So you can, you can, you're going to have failures along the way. Just keep taking a step forward and, and look where you could end up, you know? That was so great. Oh my gosh. And, I'm so like, I'm so pumped about this now. <laughs> I, I like doing push-ups right now. I love yes. it. Man. Uh, I know you guys can't see us, but we are. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, 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 Gabby and Sarah, they're like people, they're literally like, they're jumping up doing, doing, doing jumping jacks right now. I love it. <laughs> yes. I wish you could see them. That's I awesome. know. <laughs> so where can everybody find you on social media? I know you mentioned you have a Facebook group and I know you have an Instagram, but what social media platforms are you currently on? Yep. Just uh, right now, just 
uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and my, my personal Facebook is just David Bailiff. Um, and my business page is uh, Bailiff Integrated Wellness. Um, and then Instagram is also at Bailiff Integrated Wellness. Um, and I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't post as much on my business Facebook page as I probably should. <laughs> um, but I end, you know, end up doing a lot on my personal page. And, you know, honestly, like for me, I've just found that like, you know, who I am has sort of become my brand of, you know, who I am as, as me and as a business. So, you know, they can always find me at, you know, on Facebook at, at, at David Bailiff or IG at, at Bailiff Integrated Wellness. You know, people have questions, please feel free to, you know, uh, to DM me. I'm always happy to, to, to chat, um, hop on a call, share some knowledge, or I don't know, even just talk about I don't know, shrimp and grits or something. Who knows? <laughs> and I think that's really where it's at. Like message people on Instagram, on social media. Like that's how all of this has happened. And so people who are listening, don't be afraid, like send the guests messages, like ask them the questions that you wish you would have heard on the podcast or like random questions, whatever. Yep. Absolutely. I, you know, like Sarah said, you know, all, all of their guests, man, you know, if, if there's something you're curious about, reach out to that person and ask questions. Cause that's how you, that's, that's how you grow is ask questions, you know, surround, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I read a neat quote once that, you know, that, in, in surrounding yourself with people, interacting with people who are, who are, are smarter, people who are richer, people who are poorer than you, people who are from other places, that, you know, through all that, that is how we see the world and that's how we grow. And that's, that's how, I, how I walk through life, you know. Like I just had somebody message me or comment on, a, on one of my things this morning. Actually, it's my second cousin, believe it or not, but she said, man, you know, how'd you get so smart? Your information is great. And I said, well, I just, I surround myself with people who are way smarter than me, you know, and that's what you have to do. And then I just copy from them. But, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, so ask questions, people, ask questions. Exactly. Yes. Love it. Oh, I was going to say, they, we thank you so much for coming on. And there's so much information that we learned. And I know everybody who's listening um, can learn from you, David, and you rock. You are so great. Oh, come on now. Say it again. No, I just <laughs> really, my, my head hurts right now because I, I hope that wasn't too much, too much knowledge for everybody. But no, this was, this was fun. Thank you so much for, for having me on your show. And uh, again, I'm not used to being the one on the hot seat. And, and, and you know, I, I, honestly, I get kind of a little, little, little nervous of, you know, having the spotlight on me. So this was, this was fun for me. So thank you very much. And, and I, again, I love what you two are doing, you know, both with your podcasts and I know you two have a, a scholarship fund going and I just, man, I congratulate you both uh, for, for the big things that you're doing. And I, and I see nothing but just, you know, blue skies and, 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 you know, Tweety birds singing in your futures. You guys are going to be good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.